So Drew Brody. Yes, sir. Uh, investor relations, public relations, PR, Washington, D.C., um, which is awesome in the DMV area. And uh, offline, we were trying to figure out how we're connected and who we know and, and mm -hmm. things of that nature. And I, and I admitted to you that I completely spammed the hell out of LinkedIn <laughs> during this quarantine. And I found that, you know, during this quarantine, a lot of people are way more open to just sure. experimenting and jumping on a podcast and chatting, chatting it up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is my second one since the quarantine and, and okay. I love them. I enjoy them. So, you know, bring them on. Absolutely. So, uh, Drew, tell me a little bit more about yourself, what you do, what you've been up to. Yeah. So I guess in the shortest uh, way I can say it is I'm, I'm a young millennial professional right now. Um, and I am currently in between looking for a career change uh, for the longest time. Um, I've been doing video production, post-production work for a couple of different agencies in the DMV area. And that time has been amazing. It's been uh, really eye-opening to what the work uh, is for that type of um, industry. Yeah. And I've loved every second of it. My main role has been a, a video editor Mm -hmm. So being able to work on projects with pretty big companies such as Discovery Channel, National Geographic, and the like. Um, so the experiences that I've had have been really, really great when it comes to post-production uh, industry and video editing specifically. But recently, especially with the quarantine and COVID, it's, gotten, uh, it's allowed me to take some time to reflect and to think about what exactly um, do I want the next chapter to be? What's the next stage in this, you know, evolution of a career? And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. And, you know, uh, just figuring it out. I think a lot of uh, 20 year olds and late 20 year olds are trying to just still figure out what do I love? What am I passionate about? What do I want to spend my time doing? I think a lot of people are in this, um, I know a lot of my friends can tell me straight up that they're in a little bit of a rut, you know, in a, in, and COVID plays a big part of that. But this rut is more so of what do I love doing and what do I wake up wanting to do with my life? And uh, not just going and getting a paycheck and just doing that every day and being miserable through it, but really finding like, what is their purpose? And so that's kind of where I am at with them, you know, I'm kind of following that, that, that uh, train. But um, it's exciting through the process. It's exciting to see, okay, well, I could do that. I could do that. And we have all the resources in the world to be able to do it. So yeah. that's what I would say right now. Um, young professional, figuring it out. Um, and so, yeah. yeah I, was, I, was, I was definitely in your shoes you know, 15 years ago. And that might be another way how we're, we're connected. I'm 40 plus now, but I, right out of college, I got a job at Discovery Channel in Silver Spring. And uh, I wasn't even lucky to get like an editing or post-production job. It was more like the assets. I was in the media operations center. And, okay. yeah. and then, then when they started to digitize everything and make everything uh, digital online assets, you know, that's, I wish I stuck around a little bit longer to learn more about that whole technology. But at, it got to a point where I said, you know, I got to step outside, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like at this entry level, and then I'm a little bit above entry level. But I, but I went to school, you know, and I always had dreams of shooting and editing and directing and writing and producing. And, and so I left there, um, went freelance, worked at a news station for a little bit, and then just went full time nice. freelance from there. But yeah, I mean, you could be a millennial or a Gen Xer. I think 
I think technically I'm a millennial too, I guess, based on, you know, what they're the age, saying, the the, range. what they're yeah. saying the birth years are, but I always kind of consider myself a Gen Xer regardless. I don't know. I think I'm right on the cusp, but regardless, I mean, the Gen Xers, the baby boomers, everybody has that. Okay. I'm at this level. You always got to move up or you move outside or you kind of branch off or you do multiple things. And you mentioned like during the quarantine was a time to, you know, reflect, I think, I think I, you know, had some hindsight to where even before the quarantine, I got into live streaming, Mm. uh, you know, I got into experimenting with virtual, like even before the quarantine, me and some colleagues were trying to do a podcast like this because they all moved to different places. We, but we still wanted to do do this, this other podcast. And so I, it was terrible setup. It was terrible (laughs) technology. Um, I don't, we weren't using zoom at the time. I was actually bringing both in Google Hangouts and Skype into one deck. Instead of just using one thing, I was both using Skype and Hangouts and a cell phone to like text. It was, it was a nightmare, but. Oh my gosh. But then, but, but then, but when this quarantine happened, all this whole virtual thing, it was like, oh yeah, I know how to live stream and I know how to podcast and I know how to, you know, take, you know, monitors as a video source instead of cameras as a video source and 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 uh you know rosters that i was doing on on location gigs with they were like yeah we moved to that you're like and then i was the first one to call so i thought in march let me start this podcast and by by april 15th it was back to working full-time remotely here from home Mm -hmm. and never been busier but right like like you said it's it's just being blessed this quarantine might be that blessing for you to reevaluate and um, and, and to and to experiment, and luckily for me, I wasn't impacted financially because I I had that seventeen times between you know two thousand and four and twenty twenty. I had what you're having like maybe ten times. Like wow. oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll dabble into acting. You know, like I have, I have a military yes. background. I'll play cops in military roles, and I'll dabble into acting because I got to fill up the schedule anyway, and and I'm a little bit more comfortable. And then one year, it's it's all acting, and I was like, what? When the hell? How the hell did that happen? And then another year it was back to you know some crew work and some live streaming work and ading wow. on some films or, or maybe acting still in some stuff. But yeah, I mean that is so funny. You mentioned the acting. I I, I honestly at one point. And I'm not even sure if it was this year um, of 2020 or if it was last, but in the last 18 months or so, um, I, I was like, just what am I going to do? And, I, and I've always loved to perform. You know, I did musical theater growing up uh, throughout high school and even after college. Um, so there was a moment that I was just like, you know what, maybe I'll do acting. Like I started researching everything about it. I'm like, I'm going to maybe move to California, even though I have no acting training whatsoever. I've never taken a course or a class um, in acting, but just the desire to perform um, really was in there. And so um, it all stemmed from, I don't know if you've seen the movie. Have you seen The Greatest Showman? The well, Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman. With Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, saw most, I saw most of it. I don't think I finished it yet. But. Yeah, well, that movie single-handedly almost convinced me to go into the acting world. And, and, okay. and uh, it was just amazing. But it's just, to, it's just to your point of like, yeah, at this point, I've been trying everything and anything I can get my hands on anything, any idea, any creative uh, thought that I might have, I, I am trying to investigate and see, is that some, is that a road I want to go down? Is that something I could pursue? Yeah. Um, the acting was one of those things. And, you know, at this point, 
it's not something that I'm trying to um, pursue full fledged, but it is something in the back of my mind that's like, you know, if the opportunity presented itself, you know, then I would uh, look into it because it's something that I definitely get joy and purpose from because I get to entertain others. I get to make others laugh, cry, whatever it is that, you know, they need at that moment. Actors are very powerful in doing so when it comes to film and TV. So um, that's just, yeah, funny that you mentioned acting and, and everything, because that was definitely a stage that I went through for a few months um, in the last, you know, couple of years. So. And, and to me, and I had a number of guests on here. Uh, I think my last guest before you was, uh, he's a bassist, he's a pianist, he's a guitarist, wow. but he was in the movie Miles Ahead with Don Cheadle about really? Miles Davis. And he's not, in, he's not an actor, he's a musician. Right. They, they brought him on, but he actually did play. It's Miles Ahead, long story short, is th- kind of half fantasy, half biopic. Okay. But he, this guy did play a real life musician that was a part of Miles Davis's band. So he is playing, he is playing this real life character. He's portraying a real life character. He had some lines and, and I said, and now I forget the point. Oh, and so it's like, why not experiment? You know, like to me, a gig is a gig. And I want, I want that to like, obviously, you know, I think we all have entrepreneurial, you know, mindset. We all have this, you know, kind of business CEO, yep. you know, retirement plan you know what's the kind of like this empire this gold mine that we're actually building not finding but we're actually building this gold mine that we're building a house on top of that and we're sustained through this sort of enterprise that we want to make but at the same but at the same time a gig's a gig and that one gig will lead to two and those two will lead to you know four from each and it'll spread and if i were to so my, my acting was a way for me to get on set and maybe you know talk to people hey you need an ad mm-hmm. you know, I, I know you can't use me as a, a detective in every single episode of every single show right but do you need an ad do you need an associate producer uh, you guys want to work on like an independent film i wrote a script that are, you know kind of like networking and then vice versa i might i i also got certified as a COVID compliance officer for film sets Wow. But people are looking at my IMDb and they're like, oh, shit, this guy's an experienced AD, experienced actor. When this quarantine's over, we might have you, you know, we might call you back to to do this. Mm-hmm. Right now we need you to do this because this is like the most, this is like the new hot right. thing, you right. know, like and, and a year ago during this whole remote work, it was all live streaming. And mm-hmm. I jumped on that because I always kind of wanted to do a podcast kind of a side thing. So I started experimenting with live streaming and all these things kind of intermingle. And so why, why not jump on like acting gigs and see where it takes you? Why not jump on, uh, you know, it was a really funny episode of Kirby Enthusiasm. I don't know if you ever watched Kirby Enthusiasm. in a couple episodes, yeah. Where there was an episode where he just like decides to try to work at a car dealership and sell cars. Like why, like, why not? I mean, it's, it's goofy. You got the creator of Seinfeld now trying to like work at a car Toyota dealership and sell Priuses. Right. But, but that kind of, I mean, and, and, and they made that really hilarious and really funny and, and ridiculous and, and stupid almost. But that kind of mentality in a more productive, still staying within your universe of film and TV, audio, video production mm-hmm. is what I always try to maintain that. If you want to have a fallback, at least fall back a little bit within your within your sport right if if, if that makes sense you know Absolutely. like like hey i i busted a toe i'm a i'm a i'm a i'm a pro baseball player i'm a, i'm a, one of the best hitters but you know 
I like dislocated my dislocated my thumb. I'm out for I'm out for like two seasons. What do I do? Do I just quit? Do I retire? Do I take the whole time off? Do I get atrophy? Or maybe just be a shortstop and a weak hitter for a triple A AAA team, you know, minor league team, stay in shape. Right. And then, you know, you got to stay the routine, keep the routine going or be or, you know, be assistant general manager for that team. Stay right. within that team. And then they're like, hey, man, is that thumb good? Maybe we'll bring you back on. You're right. not, not going to be the lead hitter like you used to be, but we'll bring it back on. And then you're great. And then you're the lead hitter again. It's like, that's a good analogy. That's good. You know. That's good. Absolutely. I think that's, uh, that's definitely something that I'm, I'm trying to, you know, definitely stay in, like just stay in that TV film world. You know what I mean? Um, even though I might not want to be doing post-production work um, entirely um, or, or even editing for that matter entirely, I still have those skills and those talents yeah. that I've developed, you know what I mean? Over the last five years and to, in a sense, throw that to, uh, you know, th to throw that to the side or, you know, put it in the garbage would be, would be a shame, would be really bad. So, you know, I'm definitely still editing, you know, and, and I do a lot of, uh, I guess, passion projects is what they would be called. Mm -hmm. so I have a lot of, you know, whether it's family, friends or friends who have someone in that owns a business and that business wants, you know, um, a 60 second, you know, uh, spot for their website or for their Facebook, you know, being able to have that skill of being able to edit um, and use that, you know, to help them, to serve them as a passion project and or to be able to, you know, bring in some income while COVID goes on. And, you know, a lot of places are on a hiring freeze right now is what I've come to, to realize that a lot of people are just not really hiring at the moment, you know, especially the, like the bigger companies um, that I'm looking to pursue because they're just looking to make sure that their financials add up right. um, with the hit that they've been taking to be closed since March or March till whenever they were able to open back up. So it's been, um, it's been interesting, but yeah, I totally agree with you when it comes to the idea of just staying in the field, staying connected. I think obviously, um, you know, my parents, my dad, especially he's in the journalism business. And he's always said, you know, a lot of the business is about who, you know, not what, you know, and I think that is, that's very true. I think it's a lot about that connection, that networking and somebody being, you know, making a good impression when you're on uh, set for as an AD or a crew member mm -hmm. and them going, you know, he, he was really good. Like, let's bring him back on or, Hey, I know someone who I worked on a project with six months ago, let's see if he's free. Like that, that's where it really is. Uh, it ha like it happens when you try to get into a career. It's about who, you know, so um, yeah, and, I totally agree with you. And even taking lower tier gigs. Um, yes. You know, there was, there's an example where I saw, I, I came, you know, I came back from like a, a, a deployment actually with the military. I come, came back and I just started applying to everything because it had been like a year, maybe two year and a half, two years since I was, kind of in the market in the in, you know in the field especially here in the DMV and I saw an AC I saw an assistant camera gig on you know, whatever it was production hub or staff me up or Craigslist or whatever and so I worked on that film and I and I worked closely with the DP and the director and I would start helping out in other departments and mm. out of the blue I, I I still got the same pay but out of the blue they just gave me the AD credit on the film Wow. And I, and I texted him. I said, dude, you know, you gave me AD instead of AC. He goes, yeah, man, you really helped out. And I want you to come back and AD the second film. Wow. And so, it, <laughs> it, it, and, and, and another thing I tell a lot of actors, you know, starting off, 
um, you know, like, how do I get into this business? I said, dude, start PAing. Right. Don't lose, don't lose, don't lose focus on what you really want to do. And that's acting. But if you got a bunch of dead space in your schedule, start picking up some PA gigs. You'll see how the sets run. They're going to be longer, right. shittier days, but you're not going to be running, doing, you're not going to be doing coffee runs all day, every day. I'm telling you that right now, you're going to be, you're going to be helping out with lights. You're going to be helping out with props. You're going to be helping out with wardrobe. You're going to see why you sit in that green room for two and a half hours. Then you're on set for 30. Then you got to go, go back and sit around for two and a half hours and then back on set for 30. And you feel like you've only done a couple hours of work. You've been there for eight hours and then they, then they wrap you, but they're there for like 12 to 13 to 15 to 16 hours a day every day for that whole schedule and you'll see and you'll you'll actually start to see what directors want and what directors Mm -hmm. are looking for from a different angle and then as an actor so you know i've been pretty i've been pretty good and lucky and working well as an actor because i'm you know disciplined enough as a director you know, I'm not a great director and I don't have like such a, you know, huge resume as a director, but I right. do as an AD. So I know what directors are looking for. I know what ADs are looking for. I'm, I know what a, the whole crew is looking for. This dude's ready to go in, knows his lines, very few retakes and out. Right. And, and so, and just not complaining and not being a pain in the ass and all these other little micro things that some, you know, green actors or some just, you know, veteran actors that are just obnoxious or constantly doing and I've had, you know, I've had that as a crew member and I've had that, you know, next to me as a, as an actor. And right. like, like you said, um, you know, trying to experimenting all within the same field, but, you know, of course. And, and, and I think too, like, to your point of just um, not being, what's the word you used? I think basically paraphrasing, but basically not, you know, thinking any job is underneath you. Right. And, you know, right. I think that that is, um, uh, a big hurdle that I think my honestly I fall into and others uh, that I know fall into, which is, you know, dare I say we're entitled. Um, I don't think of myself as entitled. I, I work hard. I know I need to give it my all. I know I need to prove myself. I know I haven't earned, earned anything. Um, but there is this tendency sometimes to be like, well, I've been in the workforce for six, seven years. I deserve and then fill in the blank right. or I should get fill in the blank. And I think that mentality, you know, something that I have to guard myself against that, no, you, you need to just go in and do the best work you can do on whatever it is that you're doing, whether it is a PA, an AD or director, like they are all important. They are all valuable. You will learn information that you did not know previously and that you would not know if you were some other role, like an actor, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's very, very important and something that I even like I said, need to guard myself against of, you know, thinking that, oh, that job is not really what I want. So I'm not going to do it versus thinking and having the mentality that maybe it's not the job that I want to be at for the long haul, but it's something that I can add to my tool belt to get me to where I want to be, to add to, you know, the success that I want to have. And I think that is uh, definitely a key, key mentality and mindset to have, you know. And, and so I, I'm seeing here investor relations PR. So that's another thing that you're kind of branching out. Right. So yeah, a little background. I, I studied, I went to university of Maryland uh, in college park and I studied broadcast journalism and, and the goal and the idea, the dream at, you know, 18 years old, 19 years old going into college was to be uh, a sports broadcaster. I mean, I wanted to be on ESPN. 
maybe like most guys, they want to be telling the sports and on uh, TV. And I think by close to junior year, even, and then senior year for sure, that passion, that desire to, to do journalism started to die off a little bit. I wasn't as excited as I was when I entered in, but I had the degree and, you know, when you get a degree, you feel like you need to use it in some capacity. Oh yeah. So I, I went and I first started with um, uh, a TV network in DC and I was there uh, part of my time. It was about a almost a year, a little less than a year, but part of my time was as an administrative assistant, you know, handling the finances, the books, you know, buying, you know, food for the green room, um, like snacks for the green room, very, very elementary stuff. Um, But then the last half of the time I was there, they needed someone to go on air. They need someone to be a reporter because one of their reporters had left. Um, And so they asked me if I wanted to do it. And I was like, of course, this is what I studied. Mm -hmm. So you know, all of a sudden, four or five months in, I'm now uh, doing, you know, live broadcasts and doing, you know, packages for a major news network that was starting, you know, they were beginning at that time. I was, they were about maybe a year and a half to two years in to the, the creation of their company. But yeah, they put me on air and I was on air for about four or five months covering the news, covering politics day in, day out. And even went during the, uh, I think it was 2015, Baltimore riots. They yeah. were like, we want somebody on the ground. So there I was oh, in Baltimore on the ground, getting tear gassed and, uh, you know, and everything. So the experience was crazy, amazing, uh, unforgettable, to be honest. But it was, a, a really, it was a good experience. However, it was also a good experience that taught me, okay, news is not really my thing. Like if we're talking like news and politics, yeah. That's not my beat. That's not something I'm interested in. That's not what I want to spend my time doing. I, I don't really have the desire to wake up and read all of the Washington Post, New York Times, uh, you know, watch Fox News, CNN constantly 24 seven. That's just not me. So that was eye opening and it allowed me to go, okay, I'm not gonna do news journalism anymore. I'm gonna go a different route. And the different route that was next was post-production. And that's where I spent most of my time since graduation, five plus years doing video editing for different agencies. Um, And so, and then now, as you mentioned at the beginning, the investor and the PR and all of that was once again, a connection that um, I knew through my dad, met him one time and we reached out to him and a couple other people seeing again, what was, going on in the TV film industry. And he replied back with an email and said, hey, we have this project going on in Texas. Would you be interested in, you know, helping us with that? And I was like, of course, like, that would be awesome. I've never been on a set before. Like this was gonna be my first experience of it. And I was like, why not? Let's let's do it. So I went for six weeks, 30 days, 12 hour days, as you know. Mm -hmm. And it was honestly, I can say the best experience ever, the best working experience. I've ever had. I've, I loved it so much that at this point, that's what I'm trying to pursue. I'm trying to pursue being on set as a producer slash, um, you know, uh, project manager role when it comes to TV and film, because that one experience for six weeks really opened up my eyes and showed me that I have the skills and needed the hard skills needed to do this job organization, the go-getter attitude, all of that stuff. 
but I also have the relational, I think, aspect of what you need on set when things are going crazy, the chaos that ensues, when everyone has their thoughts and opinions on what should happen and being able to just, you know, listen, understand, and then act. And I think, you know, um, that was just an experience I'll, I'll again, never forget. And has kind of shaped, honestly, the direction I kind of want to head in to this next chapter of life. So um, that's kind of where the investor PR gig came from. It was from a connection that I knew and then it just took off from there. And so, and that connection has helped me get other gigs throughout uh, this pandemic. So yeah. it's been very, very beneficial and um, very thankful for it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. second the second you walk through a door and you see this event, this uh, this environment, this you know, glorious new bright light, you know, sometimes it's just like that, that, that thing clicks, that light mm -hmm. switch is flipped. And it's like, this is what I was meant to do this. I, I, I'm immediately in love with it. You know, when yep. I met my, my, when I met my wife, we met on Tinder and I, this, the second I walked in the bar and the way, when she saw me and her lights lit up, I was like, shit, I'm going to end up marrying this chick. <laughs> and I did, you know, but it's like, and it's just like it. that. And, you know, with the acting, you know, when I started doing it, and and people and 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 I'll take their word for it. They said they said you're you're really good at that. You're really good at this detective, you know, this law enforcement mm -hmm. military roles. You're really good at it. And yeah. I would get I would I would get like emails direct. Wow. And 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 it was like that. Like wow, this might be something definitely to like you know continue with look into for sure. And but then you know still writing and directing some projects and someone sees it and like that shit's awesome and it's like okay well I'm just gonna stick with both because I love doing both and yeah yeah I mean it's it, just like you know you walk into something no what, what were you saying I was gonna say and it, and it builds again your network of people like you were saying yeah. earlier right like if you're doing all of these different roles you're on the crew side well you build a whole network of crew people you're on the acting side you're making friends with actors and you know who knows where they go down the road so it's just it just honestly is beneficial to you in the career sense. And then also it's just fun. I mean, it's just more fun to be able to work in different roles and different things and and have, you know, I guess in a sense, more friendships and acquaintances. So it's it's a win-win, honestly. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, for me, that's the goal is to have some sort of win-win anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you kind of touched upon your, especially during this quarantine, you're reevaluating re and you kind of yeah. like, you know, uh, reflect, reflecting. How have you been impacted by this quarantine? Um, good ways, bad ways, uh, personally, professionally, if you're comfortable. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. I think I was telling somebody uh, recently, one of my friends, or maybe it was a family member, but I said, you know, in about three to five years from now, you know, that saying is going to be true where we say hindsight is 2020. Well, hindsight will be 2020 uh, um yeah. so oh, yeah. i think uh you know this year has been crazy it's affected a lot of people in many different ways um it's and you know who, who knows honestly how long uh, this new normal will last until we can get back to the old normal you could say the 2019 and before um i have no idea i don't even um try to speculate of what it's going to look like vaccine, no vaccine, I, I, who knows? But the point is 2020 has definitely done a number on a lot of people. Uh, personally, um, it's definitely been difficult in some regard, but maybe not as difficult as I, as I thought it would be 
and or how other people might be struggling. Um, by that, I just mean, you know, I think the biggest challenge for me personally has been trying to find and get into a career, um, a little bit more stable, secure career. Um, you know, a lot of the places that I've been applying to, I applied to a couple of jobs um, be, or a few jobs before March, before it all really hit. And I had interviews, I had two interviews and both of those interviews came back and said, hey, you know, we had a good interview with you and we're not saying no to you, but we just can't hire because of COVID. So, and that has continued all the way up until now it's November. So it's been right. nine, 10 months and, and, you know, they're still not able to uh, give a decision on that. So that's been tr tough. That's been tricky to try to find something stable and um, permanent. So in this sense, I've been doing a lot of freelance stuff again with video editing, cause that's a skill I have yep. um, and just looking around, but, um, but yeah, so I think that's been the, just the hardest part, you know, wanting to, in a sense, grow the bank account, wanting to make sure that I'm able to provide for just the basic necessities of, of bills. Um, and freelance, as we know, is uh, what's the phrase? I think it's feast and famine. It's either feast or famine, right? It's mm -hmm. either going yeah. really well or it's really, really tough. And, yeah. and I don't think I'm at, at a famine point, but uh, definitely not feasting. You know what I mean? Uh, freelancing is, is still hit or miss. Yeah. And so I think that's been the biggest challenge with, with COVID. Um, just a lot of things not running like they normally would, you know, a lot of, I, I think you would know probably more than, than I do, but TV and production, film production is probably less, I would think now because of all the protocols they have to go through to get however many people they need on set to run the, the show or the movie. So that's been, that's been a little tough and difficult, but besides that, you know, financially speaking, um, doing well, doing okay. I think something uh, I learned, you know, a few years ago was to, you know, really uh, take a hold and of your finances, um, you know, for the crazy things that come in life. You know what I mean? You know, COVID is definitely the craziest that we've ever seen, but even the small things, the small crazy things that happen, you know, your tires break on the road and you need to buy three new tires or whatever, two new tires. And that expense can add up, you know, or someone gets sick and you got to go to the doctor and pay a hefty copay or, or whatever it might be. So I think that was something I learned back in maybe 2017, 2016. And so from that point on, I started listening. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, uh, Dave Ramsey. Um, yeah, I, I recognize the name. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's been on, you know, Fox, MSNBC. He does those, those hits talking about your finances. He's okay. Maybe you've heard of Susie Orman. Susie Orman. Uh, she's another financial, I guess, guru. He's a guru in terms of their financial thoughts and advice. Um, and so his big thing is getting out of debt and, and building wealth. And, um, and a lot of it's behavioral. He talks a lot about like the math is, being, is very easy. It's the behavior. It's people's behavior. And that needs to change when it comes to their finances. Yeah. And so when I learned that back in 2016, 2017, it was an eye opener for me. And it really got me on a course of saving money, you know, putting money away, not spending all of it, being smart with it, making good financial decisions of behaving with it. And so my point in all of this is just to say when COVID hit, I wasn't, you know, shoot, I don't have any savings. I don't have any money. I have, I need to work in order to pay for groceries. Yeah. That wasn't really the case for me. Fortunately, um, I'm very blessed to be able to, to have some type of reserves while this pandemic has gone on and not been able to steadily work. Um, so I think that's something that 
has been, you know, a blessing to me, but it's also caused me to realize that I'm maybe one of the few that have that, you know, mindset and the luxury to have the reserves. And so it caused me actually to uh, want to help others with their finances. And so I've been, you know, trying to go on a tear with helping as many people as I can with their finances and getting a budget in place and helping them to just be more mindful uh, of their, of their expense, of their, I guess, behaving when it comes to money. Spending and habits, what, spending, spending, spending behavior absolutely versus spending saving, habits. saving behaviors. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, it's, you know, it's vital. And especially when stuff like this happens with a pandemic or any crazy situation. So what it caused me to do in the career sense was I honestly created a website. I created a website and I was um, wanting to, you know, and I tried for a few months. I maybe didn't give it my full effort and it's still there. I can always go back to it. So it's something that I started, but basically created a website, created an Instagram account um, in order to reach out to people during this time and see who needed help with their finances, who needed help and was struggling and just, just to try to help them create a, a game plan, so to speak, mm-hmm. with their money um, for you know now and the rest of their lives. And so um, that was, in a sense, a little side hustle, a little side business that I started during this quarantine, which gave me a lot of time to do it. You know what I mean? Um, and that was part of what I mentioned earlier about reflecting on what I want to do. Finances and helping people be in a good spot there is a, is a passion of mine. And it's something that I also considered, you know, going into full time uh, in some regard. You know, uh, I wasn't really sure what, and I still don't know exactly what uh, that looks like, but I just really have a passion. And I could talk, I mean, I'm probably rambling now. I yeah, just could so. really talk about. Uh, people's finances for for a while, yeah. Because it's, it's so important. It's really money is not the end all be all. Don't get you know that's not what we live for in a sense. That's not what gives happiness, but it is a very big part of life. You know what I mean? I mean that's we can't be doing this podcast right now if you don't have the money to go buy your laptop, to go buy your headset, to go buy all of these things. You know, um, so money plays a big role and we need to know how to steward it and to manage it wisely because it's going to be with us from now until the day we die. So um, I think it's something that I'm very passionate about and something that I want to help people do. And now it's just me tweaking and finding, okay, how best can I do this? How Mm -hmm. can I reach people who are in this spot? Is that social media? Is that, you know, obviously social media, but like, how do I target them? And let them know that, you know, I exist, that I'm here and I'm able to help and serve them in whatever way they need when it comes to their finances. So that's a little long about way to say, you know, I think uh, COVID has definitely impacted me in certain ways um, with the not being, not having the stability of a job and a career, but it also has caused me to create a side hustle and to be a go-getter and have that entrepreneurial spirit that maybe I did not have prior to 2020. So yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at with, you know, COVID in this year. Yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's the, the younger generation is just going to, you know, take over. Uh, the, one of the best lines from the office and, you know, everybody thought Dwight was a creep. <laughs> everybody thinks Dwight's a creep and a jerk and a bully and just insane. And, but there was this one episode where everybody brought their kids to work and, uh, and Toby, you know, walks his daughter by him and he goes, 
hello, young, young one. And he's like, just ignore him. You are the future. And like of all people to say that, you know, that he knows, Dwight knows that children are the future. Children are going to, yeah. but, but, um, you know, kind of going back to the new, what you mentioned about the new normal and, and, and we needed this, you know, for me, post 9-11 was the new normal, mm-hmm. heightened security, um, a healthy sense of fear, you know, in, yeah. in order for security and safety amongst, uh, uh, you know, that sort of threat. Right. And then we did have N1H1, we did have uh, some other stuff. And uh, even before then, you know, uh, AIDS, Mm -hmm. I was alive during the AIDS epidemic and I was alive during kind of the end of the red scare. And then, and all these things just tack on this new normal. It's just, and there is really no new normal. It's just an evolution of health, security, technology. and, the, and, and so like when I was saying, okay, how am I going to get into the business of film? You know, right out of college, I, I got a Discovery Channel through, mm-hmm. word, of, through word of mouth. Uh, uh, a, a buddy of mine got a buddy of mine a job there. And, a, and yeah. that buddy of mine got another buddy of mine a job there. And when I graduated, that buddy got me a job there. And, and then a, within a year, I saw like four other people from Towson <laughs> end up at Discovery Channel. And it's like... Is there is there just like you know a, a direct line? Someone's you know one of the hiring managers has you know a direct line to our dean. That is so of the, funny. Like, of the electronic media and film department over there at Towson. Just like hey, who just graduated? Send me their send me their names or something. I'm right. Gonna, I'm just gonna make cold calls to all your graduates this year. But uh, you know, so I'm, like right at Discovery Channel, I don't think Google was really a thing. Mm-hmm. I think I think. I don't think YouTube was really growing that much. No. There definitely wasn't any apps. There wasn't smartphones at the time. Right. And, but then there was, you know, a bunch of websites, Production Hub, Staff Me Up, Backstage, uh, Dragonuck Connects. Yeah, uh, Dragonuck. Yeah, and uh, I mean, that's kind of newer. But, yeah. you know, but, and then websites like Actors Access and Casting uh, something, something, you know, all these different websites. And now Backstage has an app. Craigslist has an app. Yep. Uh, what else has an app? I think Production Hub or no, Staff Me Up released an app. It doesn't work okay. very well, but you know, it's like either using the website and it's just like click, 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 copy and paste, click, 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 copy and yep. paste. And I mean, for years, it got to a point where I was probably writing a hundred to two hundred submissions every other day. Wow. And then I would get ten percent responses, and then I would probably get ten percent of that gigs but that fills up that week but i'm doing that every other day to every day to every other day and i'm filling up the week or i'm filling up the month with work and gigs and networking and they're like man i loved your site we already hired somebody i wish i saw this earlier and then i might have gotten a subscriber from somebody that i applied to they couldn't book me but then they checked out my work and they liked my previous work i might have gotten a subscriber on youtube and it's just it's just like you know just throwing what's that phrase uh just you know throwing a snowball down the hill see what happens yeah yeah i mean that that is something that honestly um i think you know again with reflecting this year is something that i need to do and want to do more which is sometimes i can get in my head and this is more of a psychological thing i can kind of get in my head and think um something along the lines of you know i'm not going to apply to this because i don't have any experience you know, I've never been a producer before. I've never been an AD before. I've never been a project manager. I haven't taken courses before or classes before. Like, like 
I kind of defeat myself before even letting them defeat me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I kind of say no to myself before the person says no to me. And I think that that mindset it can be detrimental. It is detrimental. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what we started this whole conversation based off of you. You, you even said at the beginning, you're like, I was just hitting everybody up on LinkedIn. I just, and, and like you're saying now, I, when I started backstage or this or that, I just threw 200 submissions in every day, like, and it filled up my week, which is crazy to think 200 submissions in it, it filled up just your week, which is impressive and good. But mm-hmm. it's also like, that should have filled up your like six months worth of stuff. If you know what I mean? Like if you hit everything, but that's not how it works. So like just the, you didn't let yourself get defeated in that sense. You were like, you know what, let them say no to me. That's the worst that can happen. You know what I mean? I'm going to go after it because this is what I want to do. And I think that's something that I am definitely like hearing you on and wanting to apply to my life. And I just, um, I, I give you props and I applaud you honestly for that mindset and that ability to do it, you know, when you started and even, even now today, you're doing the same thing. And that's something that I want to, I guess, build in my character of like, you know, I'm not going to say no to myself. I'm going to let them say no to me. And if they do, okay, on to the next one, because well, I got 200 more submissions that I got to go do. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and I got to give you props as well, because it took me maybe 10 years to finally pull the trigger on actually building a website, mm. you know, and, and a lot of, a lot of professionals don't realize how important like a legitimate website is you know and you already have that under your belt and you've got you know the whole site set up and it wasn't until the quarantine i finally put 100 percent time you got to invest some money into like whoever your uh i I can't remember who my yeah like the hosting site yeah you know that that the hosting do the the hosting company is you know you gotta you gotta you gotta you know drop some money on that investment For for that hosting site and then you gotta go on there and design and build and and for me of course it's just it's it's strictly media based right i want to make it look pretty and i want to have things like i want to i i wanted to set it up almost as as if my own my own production company is its own like micro netflix hulu so i try to design everything to where like you can kind of like scroll through you know all this that and the other thing with big banners and some cool graphics right also try to set up a shop you know for uh you know some of the diet and fitness stuff we have going on and like shirts and, and masks, you know, like with logos Good. on it and, 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 you know, all that kind of like little side, side, side hustle type of stuff. But it took, it, it finally took me, I think May of this year. And it took me a couple of weeks to really, you know, sharpen that website. And it took right. me a while, but yeah. it took, took me a while to finally get around. Okay. Maybe during the, maybe because of the quarantine, they, they dropped some prices on the hosting of it, you know, absolutely. Like they're, they're being smart. So I'm going to be smart and jump on top of this, you know, right. but like, yeah, hearing that you, you know, like t- really took advantage of this, this downtime. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I completely lost my train of thought here. You're good. I mean, yeah, I think, yeah. you know, it's not easy to, to, to just start something like, okay, I had no background experience in building a website, right? Like right. I had none. And, I, and, and it just took, I guess, uh, a decision to be like, I'm going to do it. And I'll, I'll be honest. Um, you know, a lot of my friends and family were like, what do you have to lose? Is what, is what they said to me. Like, what do you, what do you have to lose? You already don't have a website. So if you build a website or create one and it doesn't do anything, well, that's just the same thing as not even having one in the first place. Right. So, so go do it, see what happens. And, you know, if not, 
it's again, it's experience and it's another tool in your tool belt. You are going to learn how to design a website or create or, you know, do stuff with it. You're going to learn the terminology of it. And so when you do go apply for maybe a more stable career or job, then, and they say, oh, I, you know, on the resume, they can see built a website. Well, that means you're a go-getter. That means you can, you, you know, the terminology and maybe you can even dabble and help our team who's needing to build a website in that regard. Like, you just don't know how it's going to benefit you down the long run, but it will come back and help you. And there's so many things that I thought was pointless or weren't, wasn't going to matter. And they've actually helped me in whatever I need to do now. And so, um, I mean, something as simple as honestly, like just Excel spreadsheets or Google spreadsheets, right. something as simple as that, yeah. like how that, how just playing with that and dabbling in it and learning new little things and how to do formulas in it has actually helped me to be able to create a rundown, you know what I mean? A call sheet for, for something. And it's just, it's really amazing. Just the little stuff you learn every day definitely adds up to something that you can use in the long run. And so the website was definitely a cool experience. Um, it's definitely, I learned a lot and, um, I definitely need to go back and, you know, revisit it. I'll be honest. It's been maybe, I started it back in March. I think it was March and April is where I kind of was making it and fine tuning it. I died off because I got some freelance work uh, the months after, and I probably haven't picked it up honestly since let's see, it made probably since July. So it's been a few months and it's kind of just sitting there, but it's there. It's up, it's running. People could find it, you know, you could type it in and see it. And so it, it's definitely um, it's there. So it was, it was good. And um, again, it's uh it's a passion project. It's something that I just, again, it was about finances and helping people with their finances. And so I do have a few people that I'm working with now. I have a couple from Kentucky that I met on the set of a, of a TV show that I was working on, the investor uh, relations job that I had. I met this couple and connected with them and they found out that I had this little side thing and they were like, yeah, we really need help. And so now, you know, once a month, sit with them, go through their finances and make sure that they're on the right track to killing debt and building uh, their, their savings. So, and doing it all while is still enjoying life, like not trying to take away, you know, the fact that they have to like live like they're poor, but still just being mindful of what they're spending their money on. So have them, I'm helping a cousin of mine. Um, she, uh, for real quickly, her story, I mean, she was negative $2,000. Like she, her checking account was negative 2000. And now she just told me a month ago that she is, has a checking account that allows her to pay her bills and now has a savings account totaling more than $4,000. So she goes from negative, negative money in her checking account and no money in her savings whatsoever to on the plus side in her savings and being able to pay her bills just with her checking account. Mm -hmm. And so it's stuff like that, you know what I mean? Um, that really, it just gets me going and is like so exciting to see people thinking that they were down and out when it comes to their finances and being able to come back and be even stronger than they were before. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. And, and you hit the nail on the head. You had, you know, somebody told you, okay, you don't have a website now. If you make one and it's shitty, you have a website. <laughs> right. 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 And uh, so many times in the past, you know, I made some weird freaking music videos and I've made some weird little other projects 
and I've made some pretty good ones and yeah. a lot, and, and, but you know, all the critics started coming out, you know, and some other former colleagues were like, well, you know, their sound is like really like kind of a dated hip hop sound and no one's doing that anymore. And I'm like, well, play your track for me. Mm. Crickets. You know what I mean? And it's like, dude, I, yeah. I have good. three, I have three music videos with this artist and this artist is dope i like him anyway personally right. i'm not bullshitting you i like this artist yeah i like their music i like their sound i am kind of like that retro old school you know mm-hmm. kind of guy but uh we have three music videos and then a year later they're still talking about that one music video that they wanted to do on that one track that they never finished mm-hmm. and and i'm like dude the artist i'm working with now has an album on itunes on apple wow. uh, at the time it was itunes right and I've done six music videos with this kid. Um, what music video do you want to do? Play me the track. Right. Well, let me tell you about, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear shit except for the track. Play the track. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I see what you're doing. And it's like, I don't even think you see what I'm doing. But the point is, you can be, su- like, everybody, I've dealt with that. Like, but I'm glad, you know, it, you know it's good to get that. It's good that you took that criticism, mm-hmm. dude. You don't have a website. Mm-hmm. If you have a, if it's a, if so, make one. If it's shitty, you have a website, right? Whether it's shitty or not. Oh, but I have a shitty website. There's a shitload of people that don't have websites, and you have one. You doctor it up. You work on it. You experiment. Next thing you know, you got three, four, five, six investor relation clients. Absolutely, and, and, and that, that's the thing. It's just like. You, and, and did you and, and and not to cut you off? Did you get no, the good. did you get the clients from the shitty website, or did you eventually get the clients from like after you fixed the website? Yeah, yeah. So um, it was after the website was a little bit more polished. Okay, for, <laughs> okay, for sure, for sure. Um, but enough. yeah, I mean, I th- I think you know it's that, and but that's the thing. The thing is like, I can't expect, and I think it's it's very. Um, it's not good for us, anyone to think that they're going to go. And this is something I have to, again, fight myself every day. Cause I definitely have, you could say perfect perfectionistic tendency. Like I want it to be perfect the first time. And that's not realistic. No one gets it right. The first time, no one perfects it the first time. Amazon today, right now, as we speak, if I go on Amazon, that is not how it was when he first started. No, not at all. Not even it, close. It, like, like even now we all think, Amazon's perfect. Like, dang, I can get shipping in two days. I can do this quick. I can find it. Like, it's perfect to us. And it's not. And it's not. And I'm glad you mentioned that. I just looked at Amazon today to buy something and I'm seeing misspellings in the description, but it's got the items got, I ordered the item before. Yeah. The item's great. Yeah. Five stars. Well, four and a half stars with all these, you know, thousands of views. And I, and I just happened to notice, is this the right one that I got? There's misspellings (laughs) still today on Amazon. You're right. I mean, and it's just, it's, it's, I don't know why sometimes we, I don't know, I'm speaking for everybody, but for me, I don't know why I do it sometimes where I'm like, it's not perfect. Therefore I can't put it out. Uh, There's recently, I was talking to a a friend and I was like, I have this shirt idea and by no means, am I going to try to go sell this shirt? I'm not trying to create a, a Shopify account. I have no intentions on selling the shirt and making it a product that, you know, people can just buy. But I just want, I just had an idea in my head. Uh, it's, a, it's a one word shirt. And I'm like, you know what? Put it on a shirt, buy it for myself, wear it around. People like it. Hey, you, you, you want one? I'll buy one. I'll buy one for you. Send me the money on Venmo and I'll, I'll give it to you. Like, so chill. And if it turns into something down the road and it gets hot, cool. But 
but by no means am I going after that. The point being that even now I've, I've thought about this shirt idea for over six months. And even now I still have not bought the shirt. Like I, I still have not bought it for myself. Just again, it's not for anyone else. It's for me. Mm-hmm. It's for me to buy and wear for myself. And so, but why? Because I'm like, well, is the, is the font correct? Out of all the fonts in the world, I'm like, is this the font that I want? Because mm-hmm. once I make this font, I can't change it ever again, which is ridiculous. Of course you can change it. Like if that's not the font you want, you can take the shirt, go burn it and make a new one. It's mm-hmm. $14 to buy a shirt that you create. Like go, go to printful.com, 14 bucks and you have a shirt. So it's just that mentality of like, I need to get it right now. I need to get it right this first go around. And if I don't, then I'm not going to do it at all. And that's mm-hmm. just a horrible mindset to have. And I think that's something that I'm trying to really work on and fight against that. No, honestly, after I get on this off the Zoom call with you, I'm going to go and buy the shirt because it's ready to go. I like it. It looks good. And we'll see where it goes from there. So that I think is, uh, we're talking about perfectionism and stuff like that's for me, what I'm trying to fight against. Like, it's not going to be perfect. The website was not perfect when I started it and it's still not perfect now. There's still things that can be fixed, but it is working. It is up. And like you said, I'm one of the few that has a website and a lot of people do not. And, and that initiative and being able to do it I think it, it is important. I don't think when I go to a job and do an interview, they're going to look at my website and go, oh, this website's not that good. We're not going to hire him. I think they're going to think he took the initiative during this downtime to learn how to build a website. He's, he's going to take the initiative when he comes to work for us. I think, right. I hope that's what they will see, um, especially since I'm not going into graphic design or anything. So we're good there. But yeah, I think that's, that's valuable and is going to be very helpful uh, down the road. Yeah. Now coming from an editor, like we're both editors. Yeah. There's been so many times where I've dealt with other editors and I'm like, dude, what is taking so long? Yeah. Rough cut. And he goes, I don't, I don't edit like that. I don't edit like that. I start, you know, with the first minute and I make the first minute perfect. I'm like, dude, this thing, this, you know, like this was in college and it's like, bro, this shit's due in a week, bro. Right. Make your rough cut. And then we're going to start, you know, uh, adjusting it marking up the script that's what it is marking mm. up the script and going down and like i don't like this shot I like this shot I like that da, 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 da. you have the marked script bro like right. rough cut second cut you know tweak audio icing on the cake final cut and let's let's put this thing in the can dude yeah. you're you're killing me and i've had colleagues that are like well you content quality over quantity and i'm but at the same time it's like you have to have a fair balance because Someone who has nothing out there at all is talking to me about quality, but professionals are talking to me about like, yo, you have some, you have some pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm. 10 out of a hundred ain't bad. Right. Someone liked, you know, two or three of my music videos out of the 10 that are 15 or whatever, however many that I've done. Right. You know, I might book gigs from that or, you know, I might, or, or it might, you know, get a lot of hits online. Right. As opposed to someone who's got zero or just one, yeah. you know, you've been talking about doing a music video for a year and a half now, like, but, but pulling the trigger and then, and, and it's not going to be perfect. Right. Oh, dude, dude, you're holding up my shoot, man. Like, oh, but let me get this one thing, dude, you show up late and now you want to be a perfectionist. Yep. Nope. Dude, we're wrapping this out in like an hour. Yep. Well, you want it to be perfect. No, 
it, it, nothing's going to be freaking perfect, dude. No. And, the, and even a lot of my styles are very retro. You know, I like, mm-hmm. I like to put like an eighties or nineties spin on a lot of stuff. Right. It's not, it, it's, pur- it's purposefully being kind of rushed and I'm gonna throw a lot of cool little effects and stuff like that, because that's the kind of stuff I liked back in the day was those cheesy TV shows, those cheesy yeah. uh, cartoons, those cheesy commercials. And we're kind of like mocking those cheesy commercials this thing is not going to be perfect it's mm-hmm. purposefully not going to be perfect even more so when it comes to you know some some people's styles or or aesthetics or whatever yeah uh, but but also you know to, to to are you a mac user or a pc yep yep i use mac I, i'm using mac i have so, a macbook pro so you got a so you got a reminder you have that app reminders yeah and once a week touch up website once a week touch up uh LinkedIn once a week, touch up my resume once a week, update my acting reel, my produ- my production reel once a month, update this, touch up that, you yeah. know, I set reminders. And so when I see that reminder, I'm like, Oh, okay, let me go back and look at my website. I'm gonna take that down. And right. I'll put this up. I might change the font on this. I might change the font on that. Uh, another reminder comes up a week later, touch up your shop, your online shop or your website. Uh, oh man, I got to finally pull the trigger on that t-shirt. I got to finally pull the trigger on these new masks. Oh, I got this cool new little design, this little logo. Oh, that's another reminder. Okay, let me add that. And then you start, you know, constantly touching up things. But a lot of people don't realize like notes. I haven't used any other program for writing except for notes. I have not used Excel and I have not used Word. Yeah, no, I don't, Word is gone, like, sometimes I will honestly I'll open up word and then I'm like what am I doing and I'll close right out of it and I'll go use notes and or um uh like google docs because again mm-hmm. you can pull it on your up off on your phone but yeah I mean it's um what were you saying you were saying something that was really good right before this reminders uh, reminders yeah so just like the idea that like and, and I've been reading I, I've been trying to like soak in some articles and read about like morning routines uh, nighttime routines to just start off your day right and to end your day right and how like successful people kind of create those routines um, because I think we are I guess creatures of habit and when we have that routine it just is honestly better like nobody honestly like unless you're crazy like nobody wants chaos nobody's like I want chaos today I want to not know what's going on today like that is I mean there are free spirits but even then a free spirit still I think wants a little bit of, okay, I'm going to be in this area at least today. And I'm going to go and explore today. There's still some type of outline or overview that they're, you know, hoping to achieve for that day. And I think for, for myself, like that's something that I want to put into place, you know, um, as we come to the end of the year and, and start 2021, which is, you know, having that morning routine. And part of that morning routine is to the point of reminders, which is planning out your day and being very, very um, specific in what you want to achieve for that day. I know, you know, we have those to-do lists and I, and I read one article that was saying, you know, people try to put 30 items on their to-do list, but it makes you feel overwhelmed. And by the end of the day, you, if you've only done a few of them, you feel like you haven't accomplished anything because you still got 28 more that you got to do. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's me. Like, like that's me. I'll, I'll write everything I want to do for that day, but then I won't, I'll do some of them, but not all of them. Then I feel like, I haven't done anything and then it feels like a failure. So I think, you know, the article was going on to say, you know, write three to five things that have to get done that need to get done for the day. 
And if those three things get done, then your day is a win. Your day is a success. Like, and if you do more than that, then great. It's cherry on the top. Awesome. But as long as these three things that you write down at the beginning of the day get done, then you can check that day off as a success. And it can be stuff from career. It can be stuff from your health. Like go to the doctor and get a doctor checkup. Like if I do that, then my day is a success or spending time with your family or whatever it might look like, that would be a success for that day. And so, you know, I think that's something that I want to, you know, implement into my own regimen of just what am I going, you said reminders, putting it in like next week, I'm going to do the shirt, a thing or the website, but even every day, just planning out from nine to 12, this is what I'm going to do from, you know, 12 to two. Like for me, sometimes I'll get into work and I won't even remember to eat. Like I'll be so focused on the work or focused on what I'm doing that like kind of food go like doesn't register in my brain. Like, Oh, you're hungry. Go eat. Mm-hmm. So I need to plan. I literally need to go. Okay. From whatever, 12 to one, I'm going to eat. I'm going to go to the kitchen and make food because if not, and if I don't have that reminder set up, I won't do it. And the next thing you know, it'll be seven hours and I haven't had anything since breakfast. So, you know, um, that, I think that's just to your point of reminders. It's very, very important to be proactive for the day versus reactive for the day. And I think the last thing I'll say too, is based off your point earlier about, you know, um, you know, working with, you know, crew members or people from your, you know, when you were in college and uh, colleagues where it's like, you know, show me, um, the, uh, the, not the music video that you've done, but just like, Hey, like, let's get the rough draft out. Like, come on, like, why are you taking so long? You know, the perfectionistic tendencies that we we're talking about earlier. I heard, um, I think my boss, my first boss told me, he's like, Drew, and this was in the TV film world. He's like, look, there's three things and you can only pick two. And he looked at me and he goes, you can pick good, fast, or cheap, but you can only pick two of those. And when you think about it, I'm like, dang, that's really good. Like, okay, you want this project, this video to be fast and cheap? Okay, but it's not gonna necessarily be good. You know, you want it to be good and cheap? Well, it won't be fast. You know what I mean? And then I think that is really uh, an interesting little pie. If you look at it, like fast, cheap, good, and only pick two of them. And that really, really works out to, to be like, you know, some people expect all three. And honestly, it's just not attainable. It's not. It, would, it would be nice to be attainable. It'd be nice to go super fast, have it very cheap and be very good. But that's just not realistic. That's why Tesla you know, Teslas are what they are. Their price is what they are because they are a very good car and, you know, and they're, and they're not cheap. So the production time, let's say, is not going to be that fast, or maybe they can do really fast times, but they're not going to be cheap. So they're going to be very good. Like just that mindset is just, is really good. Really- and they're fast, but they're not cheap. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had to write that one down that, and I'm, I'm going to have to use that all the time. So it, it, it's, it, it is, it's really, really beneficial to, especially for clients. Like as I work with clients and they're like, Hey, can, you know, can we do this for, you know, $2 and can you get it out to me by in 20, 48 hours? Um, it's like, sure. But then you're, it's going to be raw footage slapped together and that's it. Like, it's not going to be good, you know? So it, they, you got to choose. And I think that's a, that's something that I'm, doing more and more of like this shirt idea that I have. Okay. 
it might not be the best, but it's something and I'm going to do it and we'll let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we close out, what's next on the agenda for Drew Brody? What's the next set of goals? Yeah. Say six months to a year or so. What's, what's next on the agenda? Yeah. I think, I think what's next on, on me for me is to transition from where I was to something different. I think uh, the post-production and the video editing is uh, a good skill that I have. It's a, it's a talent that I've developed and I can always fall back on it and use it. Um, but I realized over the course of the next last four or five years that I'm a people person, um, that I really enjoy spending my time with people and that I am actually energized when I'm around people. And so when you look at the TV film world and especially being on set, you're with people 12 hours a day, you know what I mean? Every day for an extended period of time. And for some people that can be daunting and exhausting and, and not the funnest, especially when chaos ensues on a set. But for me, it was uh, life giving. I mean, like I told you that experience I had in Texas was for six weeks was life giving. It was something that I just like, it clicked in my, in my brain, like this is what I gotta be doing. And so video editing, though it's good and all, it, it can be, I think you might find yourself, it can be like a little bit of an isolating job. You're in your own little, you know, cubicle, your own little dungeon, your room with the dark lights and, and you're just going away on an edit and there's no real people interaction. There's no real, um, you know, collaboration, team collaboration, maybe at the beginning before the edit begins, but once the edit begins, you're, you're in it completely. And so I think that was um, something that I realized uh, about four years in. And in the last year, I've been trying to take steps to, to transition out of that and get around more jobs and industries that um, have more of that people-oriented um, or that people-connected, uh, what am I trying to say? People connection is what it is. I want to have connection with people, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, editing just didn't allow me to do that. So what does that look like? I think that looks like going into a role of a producer, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Being on set, looking for gigs that uh, allow me to be in the field, so to speak. Um, working with people, working with talent, working with directors, working with crew, um, because that's where I think I excel in. I excel in that area and still can have the hard skills that I've developed over the course of my working career. Um, also, project management is something that I'm, you know, looking into and examining. I think I have, you know, the ability to organize and have structures in place that will allow a business, a company, to be on the same page between all of their different departments and yet also have the relational aspect to when someone's not doing well or someone is upset because this department didn't follow through on what they said they were gonna do, mm -hmm. to be able to um, be the liaison between those two parties. And so that's what I'm looking into getting my hands into. Um, you know, right now, uh, a lot of those jobs seem to be few and far between at this point because again of COVID, but still, um, you know, reaching out to people, as you know, you said earlier, where you reached out to 200 people or submitted 200 times on something, well, I'm starting to do that more and not let fear 
dictate what I do or don't do. The fear of, oh, they're not going to need me. Oh, they don't know who I am. Oh, they don't, you know, they don't, uh, my resume doesn't have a course or a class on it that shows that I can do it. So I'm not going to do it, but rather just let them decide that. And so I've reached out to a few people on Instagram that I've seen their work uh, and they're local. And, um, and one of them hit me back up and they're like, hey, yeah, let's talk over dinner and see how we can help each other. So I went to dinner. Next thing I know, I've been helping them on set for the last two months. And tomorrow, actually, I have a gig with them and we're going to New Jersey to do an interview with some somebody. So like, it's just amazing. Like when you put yourself out there, what can come up? And yeah. so that's why, again, I give you props for doing that when you started and still doing that now, because, you know, you'll have things that come up and um, that you'll never have had if you didn't try, you know? And that's the thing that I want to really try to do the last couple months of this year and starting next year, which is give it your all and try. You can't, it can't be any worse than where it's at and you don't have what you want. So go for it, like go for it. And so, yeah, I think that's the, that's the kind of the career uh, trajectory that I'm heading, producing project management and just managing a team, helping a team grow and succeed in what they want to do and, and kind of being the facilitator in all of that. Yeah. And to touch upon like my little key to this podcast, for example, was I think my, the first, my first 10, 15 episodes, I had people you know, like direct on the phone and I could text them directly. People I knew very well, very close to me, people I've worked with hands-on and I had their number, I had their email. And then it was like, okay, let me branch out. And I went to Facebook and that took forever because there wasn't as simple of a search parameter. Mm -hmm. So when I went to LinkedIn, I can search all my connections within industries, the language they speak. Yep. There's free, there's a box for freelance to check or uncheck. There was even Silver Spring and or Maryland or, uh, or, or East Coast or whatever, or certain mileage outside of a zip code. Right. Okay? And so I started doing that. And then it got to a point where I messaged everybody I already had on LinkedIn. So then I just started doing that same search parameter, but I started adding them to LinkedIn and then messaging them to LinkedIn. And it's, and it's, it. and so it's like, it. it's a strategy, but like you said, it's also just saying, screw it and just jumping out there. Yep. Uh, yep. What is it? Uh, I, I must've said this quote a million times, but from Reservoir Dogs, uh, uh, there's a line in there just to either shit your pants or jump in and swim. And it's like, yeah, man, just jump in and swim. You know what I mean? And, and like, do it. Yes. Hopefully you don't drown. Oh, <laughs> I think, you know, I don't know if you've seen Reservoir Dogs. It was during when he was telling the commode story and then he's inside the commode story and then and all that. That that was one of the greatest scenes. But then when the when it finally ended, uh, Big Joe, you know, the older, the, the, the mob yeah. boss or whatever, he goes, I guess that's where you either shit your pants or you're jumping and swim. And like, yeah, that's that always stuck with me. I mean, unfortunately, it's you know, it's always a criminal that yeah, says yeah, it. Right. They always have they always have the best quotes. You know, Scarface has the best Scarface. quotes, but uh, but uh, you know, yeah. it's like you kind of kind of have to take like kind of like that mentality or put it into good instead of evil, I guess. But uh, Drew Brody, yeah. I, I I can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, if there was, you, we kind of touched upon it, but if there was one last point, one last bit of advice, what would that be? Hmm. That's good. Um, 
You know, there, there is a quote, I, I'm, I'm going to botch this quote, but I just, again, one of my bosses mentioned it to me and, and I kind of want to look it up real quickly to see, I don't want to botch it, but I think it's from, um, let me see one second, stay with me. I'm going to just make sure we get this quote right. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Absolutely. Uh, if you, and now while you're looking that up, yeah, you're from the DC, Maryland, Virginia area, right? Like originally. Yep. Um, yep. Born, uh, well, born in Colorado, but then raised, honestly, my whole childhood raised in the DMV area. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I got the quote for you. Okay. Uh, here it is. So I guess what the quote that I was thinking of that I think is sums it all up is, um, it's a quote from Zig Ziglar. And he says, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And I'll say that again. If you, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And I think that is, that, that, that is what I don't want to do. I don't want to aim at nothing. I mm-hmm. don't want to aim at, um, you know, just, just blank space. I want to set my sights on something and then go after it. You know what I mean? And if I don't hit it, well, that's fine, but at least I gave myself a destination, you know? And so I think that that's some, a, a quote to sum it up, you know, and a little analogy just to end this all up. I think of like when we go on vacation, when you go on vacation, you, you first pick a destination. You pick where you're going mm-hmm. and then you backtrack from there how you're going to do it. You pick the flights, the times, the car rental, the hotels, the Airbnb, and you start to do all of that because you know where you're going to end up. And so I think that's the same thing with life in general. And I also think it's the same with a career. What is your destination? Where are you going? What are you trying to hit? And then backtrack it from there and say, what is the one thing I need to do today to get to that destination? What is the one thing I need to learn, grow, do to get to that destination? And by no means am I perfect at this. I mean, this is what I'm trying to figure out, but this is the stuff that I'm reflecting on. Okay. Like what is that destination? Where am I going? What, where do I want to see myself in that? You know, what everybody asks, where do you see yourself in five, 10, 15 years? Well, that's, it's legitimate. Where do I want to see myself in that amount of time? And I think, you know, if I have this mindset, if we have this mindset of what am I aiming for, then that's the most important thing. What am I aiming for? And, um, you know, I think that's going to be a daily, a daily reminder for all of us uh, to, to shoot for what we want and, um, and and go for it because we only got one life and, and this one life is short and it's quick and uh, we got to make the most of it. So I think that's what I would say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Drew, I can't thank you for, can't thank you enough for coming on. And uh, of course, uh, any plugs, links, socials you want to put out there? Yeah. Well, I appreciate it again. Thank you for bringing me on. Thank you for reaching out and, and le- letting me do this. It's, it's really cool. Really exciting. I, I love this again. This is where it all, you know, starts just making connections, networking mm-hmm. and, and, and getting to know each other and help other people who might watch this and, and see like, you know, the points that we've made and go, you know what, I need to take some action in my life. I need to, whatever it might be, get my finances in order or go after what I want or, you know, m- you know, not be, you know, be willing to take the, the job that's maybe a little bit lesser than what we thought we were going to have. Um, and so I think that's, that's very, very important. I'm glad you're doing this podcast. I'm glad you're getting all of these different people from all different backgrounds and, and positions and everything and putting them together. It's, it's a really cool thing. And 
and props to you. Um, so thank you for, for letting me do this. Yeah, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm trying. I mean, it's tricky. Like I said, you know, I thought this thing was going to kick off amazingly. I've never been busier with the paid or the podcast or the, or the remote work ever oh. in my life than I have during this quarantine. So, you know, like I know there's been a whole bunch of schedule changes. I think you and I maybe reworked this date a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's just like, I thought it was, it was meant to happen and, yeah. and we're here and we did it and it's gonna, it was great. It was really great. Um, so thank you. Uh, I think the only plug I really have is, I mean, I'll be honest. So my social media is not that existent. I don't, maybe I'm a little bit more of a Gen Xer in this regard. Like I just, I, I've never really gotten behind social media. So yeah, I have Facebook, but I don't really use it. And I have Instagram, but I think there's like four posts and the last one was like four years ago. So mm-hmm. So that I can not really unplug any of that, but I think, it, you know, again, one of my passions is helping people with their finances. And so if, if you're watching this and, and you're needing help with your finances because COVID has really hit you, or um, you just want to better your finances as we turn into 2021, you can check out my website that I mentioned earlier. Uh, it's DB money packs. So DB money and then packs is spelled P A X.com D B M O N E ypax.com and uh there you can check out the website um and and see if you know i would be a good fit to help you get your finances in order and and really um take uh advantage of you know this pandemic um when it comes to your finances so that's the that's the one thing i would say for anyone that's struggling and and needs help awesome hey drew i can't think enough coming on i learned a lot uh relearned a lot and uh, I'm continuing to be inspired by you and, you know, a lot of my other guests that I have on here. It's, it's, it's just awesome doing this. So thanks again for coming on uh, to my viewers. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time and viewership. I know my guest has. And until next time, you know what to do.